who, that's what I got. Who is that movie <laughs> for, also? Because, like, the vast majority of the- Fucking- Okay, let's go ahead and reference The Matrix. A trilogy of movies that have, like, have definitely had a big cultural impact, but also, like, are we marketing this to kids? Are we? I don't know if we are. Do they, do, do kids, do they like, do the kids, do, do the kids get something about seeing the fucking droogs from Clockwork Orange in the background of a green screen basketball nightmare and being like, ah ha ha ha, we had milk with LSD. Do the kids, do kids give a shit about seeing like Yogi Bear and the Flintstones and the Jetsons? No. Because really. they didn't, they wouldn't care about it. Because even when we were kids, we wouldn't care about it. Because we didn't watch that shit either. Yeah, and, but you know what? And like, okay, you, the you Iron Giant and... features features at one point. It's like, I love the Iron Giant. It's a great movie. Please keep its name out of your mouth. Uh, <laughs> and kids and don't what care. Even connects it to Ready Player it. One. Yeah. The okay. Iron Giant was another propped up fucking corpse mm -hmm. of an intellectual property that people like because. Uh, they'll be like, oh, look, it's him, the guy you know. Mm -hmm. But at least in this one, instead of Ready Player One, is what if we had a whole book and movie that was about me, that was about, you know, going, look, it's that thing. It's that guy. I remember, I remember at one point the conversation about a Ready Player One movie was that it was unfilmable because of all the money you'd have to pay for the rights to all of those characters. But the thing is, now they have the money. Mm hmm. Now they have the money, they can do it. Nintendo, a while ago, started getting the money, and they could do Smash Bros. where they bring in Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Well, but they also... The, they own Sega. It's not really... They acquired it's Sega not really, decades ago. Oh, well. So, like, who it's for is a weird question, but, like, what it's for is essentially the arguments, the fucking Jack Sparrow, but you have heard of me, arguments, where it's just like, well, they're talking about it, aren't they? And it's true, they got us. Yeah. We're talking about Shoot, it. We, are. we haven't even done the intro to the episode yet, because we've been we talking haven't. about it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guess what? It's the On Air Book Fair podcast. I'm Jay. I'm Miles. I'm Daniel. And we're going to talk about something, uh, uh, something else, which is uh, the second uh, big arc uh, of the first Redwall book by Brian Jakes. Yeah. Um, and what an interesting okay, so place to have cut the last part and the end of this part. Like, the way this book is divvied up makes no sense to me. Yeah, there's sort of weird little points of like, and now something's going to happen. But it's not like a big cliffhanger or like a huge dramatic reveal that ends the books within this book. It's just kind of... there's there is no, There is nothing particular that like demarcates... The switch to like now, book three. Yes. The f the first book should have ended like two chapters into this book. Yeah. And likewise, this book should have ended like one or two chapters before because like as we w we'll get into it, but like there was what could have been like a huge cliffhanger or I suppose one might say cliff faller. Uh -huh. Oh, oh my god! I just got some sort of Charlie horse. Oh, oh it's getting worse. The universe is punishing you for your joke. Oh. Brian Jakes from Beyond the Grave. Oh, oh, it's, it came back. Oh, what? What is this? I've been eating bananas all week because I got sick of getting Charlie horses, and now it's coming. It's coming from a different place. It's on the back of my thigh this time. Dang! What the hell? I'm sorry. I shouldn't okay. be laughing. 
I shouldn't be laughing that about you these fucking pain, rats. But the idea of where we laugh and eating bananas we... all week, why am I still getting Charlie horses is so fucking I was, funny. To that me. was supposed to be enough potassium. I was getting all these Charlie horses in my calves. One that I swear to God, it was fucked up. It lasted for like two days. It was really awful. Uh, and oh. now, now it's come back with a vengeance. Um, so where we last left our oh. fucking mice, um, the they were like uh, the the <laughs> look at the fucking the color one, difference uh, between mouse. my face and my the hand old, right now. <laughs> the old it was the old gatekeeper mouse yes. Mortimer was just like oh I've discovered a secret puzzle. Yeah, yeah oh. Methuselah um, was a uh, Methuselah, Methuselah. Yeah, Methuselah had just discovered an inscription where the tapestry had been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And yeah. Matthias, I think, was... He'd fallen asleep. Matthias had fallen asleep after rescuing the Voles with Basil stag hair. Yeah, he he just well, kind of meditated by a stream and fell asleep. Yeah. Uh, and Clooney was hanging out in a tree, getting ready to use a plank to storm into the castle. Uh, the uh, abbey. Um, and we pretty soon start in this book where that just fucks up they yeah. just don't do it good yeah yeah they they start to and constance badger is just like oh i see what you're doing over there okay push because... <laughs> i know that's a... <laughs> this wasn't thought through at all it really they... wasn't and it kind of underlies like it, it, it kind of shows just how dumb clooney is like the more experience we have with clooney the more we kind of learn like Clooney's just kind of dumb like, he's not this... Yeah. We haven't seen him be a particularly fearsome warrior. We haven't seen him be a, like, strategist. We've seen him have, like, two ideas that were decent, but didn't turn out good. And we've seen him win a fight with a horde of his own recruits, which he starts early by just, like, bum-rushing them and screaming and intimidating them. He never actually shows that he is a good fighter. Yeah. Doesn't do a whole lot of fighting himself. I think we're... I don't think he's done any fighting so far. Yeah. I think we're seeing... I think he's, like, well set up as, like, a cruel and brutal villain. Like, mm -hmm. he hasn't, like, yeah, really slaughtered anybody yet because, like, they're holding back on that. But also, like, I think any of these, like, plans of his, like... Are, I don't think they're that stupid. I think it's, like, fair enough. Except, like, the... Redwall people are just like kind of OP right now. Like somebody rolled, a f somebody keeps rolling like nat twenties, and some guy got a perception check of like, oh, those trees are moving left to right with the wind, but that one tree is moving front to back. Someone must be in it, and then they just fuck them up. I don't, I'm not really seeing like Clooney and the band as like being uh, themselves specifically incompetent. They just keep getting owned because the Redwallers are like just always winning. They always stay winning. The one bit of good strategy Clooney, Clooney employs so far is just his thing with um, the fox whose name I have forgotten. Uh, oh, Sela? Yeah, Sela. Yeah. I remember Sela. Chicken Hound. Yeah. Her, her son. So that, um, it's hard to forget that. So that's it's... another whole, like, cruel arc to uh, yeah. this section of the book. Yeah. Is that, like, so Clooney... Uh, when everyone falls off the sh falls off the plank, uh, a lot of dudes get fucking ganged. Clooney's all beat up, and he has to like get healed by this like local medicine woman fox, yeah. who is totally like conning him and uh, 
sunny in Philadelphia meme, like, I'm playing both sides, that way I always come out on top, and she gets <laughs> fucking murdered. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and her her son is just like, well, she was an idiot, she deserved to die, and uses her dead body as a camouflage for himself so he can run off once once it once the sun sets, which is a yeah. fun thing that they teach us to do in schools when we're children. Oh right. Yes. Hide behind the box. Yeah. Hide under a dead body and they'll think you're dead too, even if it's your mom. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, Don't worry about it. Yeah, this is a system that works. Totally. There's uh, literally nothing else we could do to uh prevent or avoid this. Ignore literally yeah. everything else the whole world has done to prevent or avoid this. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, also so. I will say my memory of this section of the book is not great. Mm -hmm. Because one, I read it a week ago, so a lot of things have slipped. Like I forgot the I forgot the way this part ends. Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot a little bit of it. Uh but also I tried something new this time. Instead of reading it uh, written out, I listened to the audiobook because there was an audio recording that was done in the late 90s with Brian Jakes narrating and then a full cast of people voicing the other roles. Oh, really? And it's, it's got really good production value. It's, it's, it's not always amazing, but there are aspects to it that are really cool, and it did help me sort of, like get things moving i actually listened to the first part of the book again just so that i could get those voices like lodged in my brain um and it did give me an understanding of what the moles sound like oh uh, yeah yeah if you can send me the files i'll splice a little bit into the podcast right here because like what the fuck is that supposed to be talking like and i've heard that um he just like met some guy as he was like working as a trucker he met someone in england who just talked like that and he's like, that's going to be an entire group of people. That's so, just their thing. They yeah. talk like that. The issue is I tried to export it. I tried to trim it and export it. And I was able to clip it. But I wasn't able to actually export the clip. Which is really yeah. annoying. Because I, I wanted to put that clip in this. I spent like 10 fucking minutes working with uh, Audible's really, really, really bad audio clipping uh, interface. Just to try and get oh, this audible. to work. Yeah, I know. Yeah, of it course the... it would make it like entirely preventable to like export clips because that way somebody might steal the audiobook no. and pirate it. Especially to those since this is the only torrents. place I could find the fucking audiobook. The only place. I tried like eight other services, including like Libby and Overdrive, the places i go to first for these things because you know if you have a library card they're fucking free uh but but nowhere but has this it. Is one in particular that amazon's fucking sticking to that monopoly on mm -hmm. and you don't get to share it yeah but the clips oh let's see if it's I okay can... yeah i'm curious if i can even get it to show up on my mic probably not but uh, we'll, worry, we'll worry about it some other time. So, uh, Matthias yeah. and Methuselah, the old man, are palling around, having a great time. Nothing bad's gonna happen to us. We're, we're here to solve a mystery. So we find out that, like, right away, and I thought this was, like, really... I, th I felt that this was kind of early. Uh, Methuselah's like, oh, hey, you know this bit in uh, this riddle that it's weird that it's kind of out of place where he says, I am... Wait, 
I am that is. Yeah. I dash am that is. I dash am that is. And they're like, well, you said something about how it seemed all mixed up. And so then I did an anagram of am that is. And guess what? That spells Matthias. And he's like, what? What could that mean? And Methuselah's just like, you must be like the reincarnation of Martin the warrior. Was and I'm just like, oh, I I was kind of getting some subtext on that, but we're just going to go straight in, huh? Yeah, and it's it's dumb, too, because if you replace Am That Is with Matthias in the, in the rhyme, it doesn't actually sound right. You going to read it? Oh, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. Yeah. Okay. Because it's it just it does not sound well. It doesn't sound good well, doesn't... in there. It, it doesn't matter, but, like, my question is, like, did did Martin know that, like, did he have a prophecy that, like, there will come a day when Matthias needs these puzzles? But, like, did he know Matthias, or did he just, like, maybe have it stuck in his head? Where he's like, am that is, am that is, am that is, am that is, am that is. And so, he just, like, kept thinking about that. So and he's like, I don't know what it means, but it's probably, in my visions, I've seen it. It's a clue for the future. So it's never once I suppose this is an artifact of the the fact that uh, Brian Jakes never intended didn't expect this to get published much less become a series. So he wasn't <laughs> quite sure. But it does happen that um, yeah, prophetic dreams are not restricted to special individuals. They happen as nature demands or the plot. Um, so like that's why like in this book, you know, we have. Uh, Matthias being spoken to by Martin, but also Clooney having premonitions of being killed by Martin or Matthias. It, yes. Um, and future uh, Redwall characters will have prophetic visions and dreams and riddles popped into their... So, like, it, it's never quite explained how Martin knew this or why. And I think Brian Jakes just kind of hoped, you know, the story would roll on. It would be forgotten. Yeah. Hey, don't worry about it. Yes. He, we're solving Sorcery. a riddle puzzle now. We're doing national treasure for mice. He does a lot of And the of first puzzles. thing is, like, um, between hall and cavern hole, and they're like, oh, it's between the cavern hole and the mess hall. There are some stairs. They go to the stairs, and, like, Redwall is spelled out both ways, and they're like, seven stairs for seven letters. We'll find the... Well, uh, t it's, like, betwixt, so let's go to the middle of it. And they're like, the middle is the same letter. W, which if you turn it upside down is M for Matthias and Martin and Methuselah and, and all the other and I'm just like, fuck, dude, come on. If yeah, you turn it this, back up, it's Wumbo. This, this explanation and puzzle solving segment feels like the sort of thing like, Jamie, you've experienced this plenty of times where like in D&D, &D, the DM will create like a basic ass puzzle or riddle and then the players will spend an hour and a half arguing about the most complicated possible solution to it yep. but in this case they're actually right <laughs> um yep. yeah yep. which is easy when you're writing the people's response to solving your puzzles and it yes. is it's also the sort of thing that like in a point and click adventure game i would be stuck on for like two hours and then read the wiki and i'm like it's the fucking middle letter is W. Fuck you. Yeah. I clicked on everything. So, yeah. So the rhyme with, uh, with Matthias's name swapped in for am that is, 
which again, dumb. Uh, but who says that I am dead knows not at all. I, Matthias, two mice within Redwall. The warrior sleeps twixt hall and cavern hole. I, Matthias, take on my mighty role. Look for the sword I mean, in moonlight streaming forth at night when, when day's first hour reflects the north. From o'er the threshold, seek and you will see. I, Matthias, my sword will wield for me. It, it still doesn't what, track. What do you mean? What do you... <laughs> Even with that so, plugged in, the grammar is still all screwy. What does I am my sword will weird wield for me? What the fuck? So I think I know it's so the dash is meant to separate them. So it's he's saying, yeah. you know, I like as the, okay, words are hard, but I'm trying to take this yeah. from my head and throw it out there that he's saying himself and Matthias at the same time. Yes. As himself. Yeah, I'm Matthias. Oh, yeah, okay, but... so that just fucking clicked. Matthias will wield my sword for me. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's saying that the he thing is, is yeah. I think this rhyme works much, much better if the entire thing is an anagram for Matthias's name. And part of me thinks maybe Brian Jakes just made that mistake when he wrote this at first and was like, yeah, Matthias, I am that is. It's an anagram for it. And then was writing it later and was like, Fuck, it doesn't line up. It doesn't line up. I can't just have it be Matthias, two mice within Redwall. Matthias, take on my mighty role. Matthias, my sword will wield for me. Like, mm -hmm. that makes more sense. And I have a sneaking suspicion he just messed up initially and then had to cover his tracks, but just but didn't couldn't figure out a way to change the anagram. Like, couldn't figure out a way to put an extra I in Matthias or make a make a line in there to replace I am that is that sounded even remotely reasonable that it wouldn't just be like okay well that's clearly an anagram for something and you know what I guess he just rolled with it because what are some fucking like late 20s dipshits going to like really pick it apart in a podcast somewhere 20 years down the line <laughs> yeah no no way what, 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 would he, what would he be fucking worried about this is for fucking children yeah they're gonna. This is because this is. I'm sure it, it would feel like groundbreaking. Like, oh my god, it all makes sense. Yeah. The mystery revealed to me. They pull up the fucking panel from the stairs, uh, with the, with the moles. They always gotta go back and like get the moles for something. Be like, oh, we're just about solving the next step. Oh, let's go get the moles to like do some manual labor for us. Oh, and the moles talk like vision. Is, is, oh, and there, right, yeah, we got to get in pulling up and down there to do the ding dang ding dingle dangle, you know. That's a red ball, man. The moles really you know, are talking about, you know, about dangle, sort of, Martin. <laughs> oh, also, a lot of the, like, weird, like, a, a lot of the language does sound distinctly better because I was listening to it as an audiobook and I remember saying in the first episode I was like this seems like something I would rather have read to me than actually read and right. yeah a lot of it does work better read but I think in large part it sounds better because it was written in Brian Jakes's like head voice which <laughs> also had his uh Liverpool accent because a lot of these things don't like rhyme quite as nicely as don't rhyme quite as nicely without that <laughs> so authorial voice really helps you understand 
I'll without to go taking, back and listen taking to a it. lot of vowels out to like a, adding an extra like yay to it. <laughs> there's there's there is there is definitely that, especially if it's like a U R sound, it it becomes like an eh eh. <laughs> he wrote how he spoke. I mean it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> the cat paid. <laughs> now I have to go and listen to it. Now I just have to listen to it. It's certainly but, uh, an experience. But... Clooney has what I guess is a Portuguese accent. Huh. But there's hmm. no... You know what? No, yeah, he's Portuguese. But he's a Portuguese but not... rat. But not our Portuguese. No, not our Portugal. <laughs> um, but speaking of Clooney, he gets fucked up and he has to retreat. And that's when the last book should have ended. Uh... Mm-hmm. And then Clooney spends a lot of time doing nothing. Um, and so did a lot of people. There's a lot of this book just spent, like, kind of sitting around and talking. Um, yeah. But, yeah, know. it was a pretty leisurely, like, casual interlude until uh, Matthias goes off to the fucking <laughs> Sparrow Sparrow's. Castle arc. Yeah. Um, but but Clooney's doing this, like, weird counter-espionage with the uh, Fox... Uh, healer Sella, who is, I mean, let's just go through all of this right now, who is, like, trying to, like, sell their military plans to Redwall, and is, like, being skeezy about things, but has to, like, finagle her way to get out of the rat army encampment, Mm -hmm. uh, or, like, send her son out, like, with the notes, and there's all of this, like, counterintelligence shit going on. Clooney makes a fake plan to... A battering ram the walls in which i think they do earnestly though um yeah just like to get her to like give the mice bad intel but i think like she doesn't even she like barely even gets the intel to them because she goes up to the wall of red wall and of course she's like i want to speak with your abbot and yeah. oh, it's constance who's like fuck yeah. off yeah and it's like meet me meet me at the secret stump at midnight <laughs> and constance just goes and just beats her ass. Yeah, Constance goes, oh. beats her ass, and then gets stabbed. And that was when I was thinking, oh, well, Constance didn't tell anyone where she was or why she was doing what she was doing. So mm-hmm. this is the point where Constance dies and no one knows what happens to her. But nope. But no, she's fine. No, she just goes home. Yeah, yeah she's fine. <laughs> she, yeah. Just, she just leaves. Yeah. Yeah, they kill another rat, and then, like, the fox and the rat have to go back to Clooney and be like, uh, yeah, everything was fine. I found that herb that I, that I said I was going to look for. And it's like, why is this guy dead? And be like, oh, he, like, he fell. In a marsh. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what gets me is, like, Celia's all crafty and wily until she has to actually lie. Yeah. And she doesn't say it to the rat, to... What's his name? Fangburn? Yeah, she's just not like, you know, let me take this. No, no. She decides to let him do half the lying. And because he's a rat, his only character trope is to be dumb. So, like, he can't lie to save his life. Yeah, it... Yeah. Sela just kind of... I mean, I guess the, I guess the whole idea is that, you know... Really clever, tricky people assume they're going to be smarter than everyone around them, so mm-hmm. they don't feel like they have to work that hard to do it. But, like, don't tell us that this character isn't to be trusted 
and then show us like, oh yeah, but she's real bad at lying, so you can always tell when she's lying. Yeah. Well then, well then you can trust her, because you yeah, always know, you know when exactly. she's lying. You can and trust her to her, be untrustworthy. Like, <laughs> she's got her like son, who's like one of those rise and grind guys mm -hmm. named Chicken Ch Hunter. Chicken Hound. Chicken Hound. Yeah. Who yes. would absolutely just be fucking like pounding Soylent and trying to explain to you his uh. His fucking algorithm for investing. Yeah, just stepping over the corpses of like, lit literally steps over his mother's corpse to like, go swindle fucking Redwall Abbey later. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't smart enough. She doesn't. She didn't deserve to live. Like, bro, that's your fucking mom. She died like ten minutes ago. We're we, yeah. We are out here applying Malthusian ideology to my mom. Yeah, it's like, yeah. She couldn't survive in the free market of ideas. <laughs> I still am not entirely clear on what the end goal was for the foxes in double crossing Clooney and Redwall at the same time because like you're not gonna get any loot if his plans fail. You just you should want him to succeed. My assumption is if he fails, then they can use that to create goodwill between mm -hmm. themselves and Redwall. So they can steal shit and run away like uh, Chicken oh. Hound did. Okay. And by getting in good with Clooney, he's not going to leave them any loot. But during the attack and all of the chaos, they can sneak in and steal shit. Okay. Yeah, that's it. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't count on Clooney to, like, you know, pay out on the on the agreement. No. He pays out as much as the 45th president. Like, no, he won't. He's not really reliable. <laughs> no. you, you know, you say that. But uh, he, I did get a stimulus check from okay. one of them. So yes, this is true. I I meant not, not to not to defend at all, but it's like payout oh, no, I, I hey, was an interesting uh... choice there. Oh no, I just meant more to his uh, to his lawyers and the people who would lie to lie for him. But uh, mm -hmm. but uh, but yeah, I guess that does make make sense. And yeah, uh, I... all right, but while yeah. It, I didn't realize that, that Redwall whole... Abbey has like a bunch of treasure. It doesn't. And also, they're kind of like proven right. Like yeah. when when Chicken Hound is filling his sack full of loot later, it's like his. It's actually full of like copper and gold and silver mm -hmm. and shit. Like, and they just had that lying around. Like, yeah. Well, why? Just what like why do they candelabras and yeah. sconces and pendants or mm -hmm. something? Like, where did this come from? <laughs> I can't believe Chicken Hound's first fucking plan wasn't, I'm going to break into the food storage area. Like, mm -hmm. they, I swear, if the food storage thing doesn't get paid off, I'm going to be so upset because he made a big deal about how much food they have and how secure they are in their food. And then they got even more food and how only two people have keys to it. Hugo and... Uh, whatever his fucking name is, one of the M's. Well, I guess there's not a not the, Methuselah the food itself is like uh, Mordalfus. Alf. Uh, not no. Mordalfus, but yeah, Alf. you did text us after the last episode, like, oh yeah, <laughs> brother Alf is also another M name because it's Mordalfus. <laughs> oh, it happened to me so many times when I was reading quickly, like I would mix up who was speaking because it's all M names, um, and then I would know the, by the way the they're speaking. Name Mortimer. Mortimer, yes. Yeah, Mortimer and Hugo are the only ones with keys to the food storage area. Mm -hmm. How has this not paid off yet? 
They've had they've had two separate thieves sneak into Redwall Abbey. One of them passing by oh. Mortimer, and one of them passing by Hugo, and neither of them has stolen the key for food. <laughs> okay, Shadow is on a Shadow is on a specific exfiltration mission. Yes, of like extracting yeah. the piece of tapestry, but um, d food is not like stealable because it's valuable, but it's like high volume valuable. Yeah, like you can't empty out the larder there you got to get the most like uh value dense things such mm -hmm. as precious metals yeah. because he's just one fox with a sack yeah he but, can't exactly also, steal the great cheese that four badgers can't roll although that'd be pretty but, great but also where's he gonna sell that gold who's what is he gonna sell it for why would anyone value gold in a world without humans how would... that was that was a big question for me like yeah. because i was like okay so where is the feudal city mm -hmm. that you would uh fence these things in like who's buying gold are like because we haven't heard anything about kings no. or you know uh a broader like aristocratic or social system mm -hmm. above redwall abbey yeah it's also pretty clear that chicken hound doesn't know any other criminals he mm -hmm. knew his mom and he knows himself. He doesn't yeah. know any other criminals. He has no contacts. He doesn't have anyone to fence it to. He just wants to possess it. Yes. And but it's but it's valueless. Nice. If you if you never intend on selling it, and you have no way to sell it, it is valueless. Yeah. And I will say, in later books, there are like rulers, good and bad, who pop up in various places of the world. Who basically any time there are shiny things. They're usually owned by someone, and they're corrupt. But, uh, but yeah, there's not really anyone to sell it to, and all these random kingdoms and rulers that pop up generally tend to be in very contained territories, like because they were invented solely for that book in which they appear. But yeah, no one really communicates with, say, for example, there's um a a king who wants these pearls in like three books from now. And no one else in the whole world knows about this guy, except for everyone on his island. So, like, yeah, it's not really clear what Chickenhound was gonna do. He just wants the shiny things because he's he's a fox, and he's because, gonna steal. Because owning material objects makes you better than other people. Yes. Owning valuable things pile. is the purpose of valuable things existing. Yes. It doesn't matter if someone else could actually use them. You have them. Oh, and that's what's. I most just thought important. of a more. Sorry, I just thought of a more practical application for these precious metals. What? Uh, bludgeoning what? an old man to death. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Let's 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 put a hold on that one and come back to it. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, right, yeah. Matthias yeah. and Mortimer continue their uh, Methuselah. Methuselah. Oh fuck! I can't. <laughs> it's so hard to keep him fucking straight. It really is. It is. Oh, Matthias later has a son whose name also starts with M. Who has a son whose name also starts with M? Anyway, sorry, um, Matthias. You're right. Uh, do you want to continue? Yeah. They they open up. Oh, they open yeah, up they this open passageway. The they open up this passageway in this tomb, and there's fucking Martin's. Martin's grave, there's a statue of Martin, I think. Yeah. And it's like, alright, cool. Hey, look, there's his sword belt. Okay. Great. 
So what? And his so shield. This was something I was thinking of while and reading his this. Shield, yes. What's the difference between What's the difference between a sword belt and a belt? A sword belt has um, like a specific section in it that can easily hold a scabbard. Okay. Which is what? Just an extra loop of leather? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. You know, but it's it belonged to Martin. It's also not meant to like hold up your pants or anything like. If your pants were too yeah. big for you and you wanted a sword, you would need a belt and a sword belt. Yeah. Because otherwise the sword would weigh down your belt and just pull and your pants, pants down. And then pants fall down. Yep. And then they would all laugh at your little penis. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, so, he, so he's got the shield and mm -hmm. the sword belt, which is fucking cool. Yep. And they're like, oh, oh wait, wait, this is also the fucking uh, Martin sarcophagus. Yes. Yeah. This is sarcophagus. So... I love how joyfully we are grave robbing the spiritual hero of the Abbey. Yes. And it's and it's rationalized away, of course, by like, uh, well, he clearly wanted us to do this because of the the riddles and stuff. And technically, I guess you're his reincarnation, so you're allowed. You can yeah. take it. It's you not grave robbing. It's archaeology. It belongs in the... Yeah, they're bringing these things to the, the British Museum at Redwall. <laughs> <laughs> nobody else has better nobody else has like better claim to it as like a cultural artifact so at this point it's just like it was literally here yeah. it was under the stairs it's... i give him a pass for that but i give him there's there's a lot of reasons why it's okay that they yeah. take the shit out of the tomb uh but i'm still just like i can't believe a ghost didn't like make your you know eyes bleed or something yeah yeah and uh, one thing I thought was interesting, I mean, I know, you know, the mystery of it and searching for it is fun, but, like, it's still odd to me that they wouldn't, you know, venerate the grave of Martin the warrior and keep his sword in a very, like, well-known and secure spot. Yeah. Also, like, which, how, which did he con how did he construct this and then reseal it after mm -hmm. he was buried with no one leaving a record? of his location yeah like someone had to put those someone had to put those stone bricks back into place to form the staircase and i guess they yeah, were just like eh, i don't want to i don't want anyone to know where martin's buried because he told me to yeah think about this he literally had to like get a bunch of people like moles like a hundred years ago he got like a bunch of moles oh, that that's were around true for moles ancestor so, like, yeah. Formal's ancestor. Formal's ancestor, who like digs the stuff and like constructs this underground underground fucking mausoleum, and he's just like, and to the ancient formal and all of the other moles and everyone that probably worked on this or like saw them doing it in the stairs. He's like, everybody, swear to secrecy. Don't tell your kids about it. Don't tell nobody about it. Take it to your grave. That's because I have a prophecy. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. what we've seen in this world is that no one can keep a secret. Mm -hmm. And while uh, the most precious items, the fucking sword, belt, and shield, are tucked away like at his burial site, his freaking titular sword, the the magical like benighted holy beacon of light sword, we find out later after. Very much like uh, a bad D and D party. No, they they're better than a D and D party though, because they actually fucking figured it out in a reasonable amount of time. Or did the DM like... just cave and be like, "All right, we've spent too long on this. Yes, you figured it out." Okay, <laughs> so they take they 
uh, till midnight moon shines the north or whatever the fuck the line was, they are just like, oh, we know the specific spot to take it to. Like, oh, the gatehouse. What was it? The gatehouse is the threshold? Yeah. Because uh, I, I saw that line, that, that chanting, and I was like, my blood runs cold. <laughs> my prophecy has just been told. The gatehouse is the threshold. <laughs> gatehouse is the threshold. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, can I just point out that when they do start that chanting, there's this running gag where... Other characters are walking by as Matthias and Methuselah figure things out and just joking about them. Like, it's happened with the Abbot, it's happened with Ambrose, Spike, and Constance, and then again with Basil and Ambrose. Like, people always even... Look at those two. They're just like, hey, look at those two having a lot of fun doing National Treasure. Yeah. <laughs> and like National Treasure, it's needlessly complicated and could have been uh, horribly stumbled upon way earlier. Uh, and but and it was just ridiculously arbitrary, and it was but, but because it was as they put the, put when they put the shield in the thing, it shines on the weather vane, and as it turns out, after quite a bit of climbing from uh, from Mrs. Squirrel, whose name I can't remember, uh, uh, and also his her fucking son, her her <laughs> oh fuck we forgot we forgot, oh, we forgot about, about Silent Sam, Sam or whatever yeah, his we, fucking name we forgot was. about Sucky Sam. <laughs> slurp it slurp it on his hands yeah uh, oh so my God. at the very beginning of this part of the book matthias is like being silent led sam. out of the woods and back to redwall abbey by silent sam the baby mouse who's always sucking on his paw and sometimes they'll be like oh we put some honeyed milk on your paw and then he sucks it even harder <laughs> yeah it's just this little toddler number, the number of times i heard brian jakes say suck 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 suck, suck. god it was fuck. it was it was not a pleasant experience. <laughs> and he just sucked harder. <laughs> no. Alright, I'm not... There's I'm not jokes. Good, There's jokes to make there, Brian Jakes, and you were unaware of all of them, I guess. <laughs> he was just too wholesome for this world. So sucky. So the little, <laughs> the little sucking boy, his mom is like, uh, I'm the biggest... I'm the, I'm the best climber, and she gets like a big spotlight in this she book. She does. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was, and I was just totally imagining her imagining this squirrel mom with like Pixar dump truck ass, <laughs> and she's climbing up this fucking, she's climbing all the way up this goddamn wall or whatever, and they're like nobody can climb a thing that high, and she gets up to like, oh because they used like a light mirror puzzle with the full moon on the shield at the gatehouse to like shine a light somewhere and they're like where is it going look it's crossing the weather vane on top of the tower and so uh dummy thick squirrel mommy goes up to the tower and she's like it's not there yeah. it's just fucking gone and she gets attacked uh, because... by sparrows yeah she yeah. gets attacked by sparrows oh there's um, sorry there was just one thing by king really bullspar yes that I is what the sparrows really sound like odd, in the like that book. sense of you know we talked earlier about the sense of scale um it's just this it appears a lot throughout this and that like the scale of Redwall itself it sounds like at one point Jess Squirrel is described as barely a speck up there on the roof I'm like how big is this like I'm imagining you know an ordinary abbey like I don't know a big big church sized or a big cat like even then it's like how they have to you know I think I mean, we're all she is a between... red squirrel and red squirrels are a little smaller maybe 
I don't know. Just you're right though. It the, felt like it the was scale of this because this goes it goes so vertical. Yeah. I was just like, well, how the fuck tall is how the, how tall is Redwall Abbey? Then they're like they're like nobody's yeah. ever been up that up that high before. That's like where the roof is. And I'm like, y'all don't ever go on the roof or have a ladder or you don't fix the roof anything. And it's just like an, an unimaginably high tower and. And the, and they go up there later. They go maybe not up there, but like up somewhere else later. Pretty pretty much up to there. Yeah. And it was just, and I was just thinking that like it's this like a somewhere in Redwall Abbey is like an abandoned, like seventy story skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, it made out of like just uh, cobblestone and like clay tile roofing yeah. that nobody knows what it is, but it's this like massive structure. Yeah. I feel like Redwall Abbey very much, like, shifts between being the size of an actual large church and being the size of a McDonald's play place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Chicken and Hound, is, Chicken Hound is able to throw up uh, the plans from the ground to the parapet. Yeah. But, but the walls are also really, really huge, and you have to climb a tree yeah, to get Yeah, literally, there. you can throw, like, a piece of paper... From the floor, from the ground to the top of the exterior wall, but like, this is an unimaginably high tower, and I'm like, I'm Google imaging it now. I'm looking for like all visual renditions of what Redwall Abbey would have looked like, and it like does not go any higher than like maybe seven stories. Yeah, and there is just like no way that because he goes up later to. I think within one of the buildings of Redwall Abbey, one of like either the tower with the wind vane or an even higher tower that is like the like uncontacted dominion of the King Bullsparra court. And yeah. I'm just like, wait, wait, was this in the Abbey? It's it's within the building, but like what kind of space is this? Especially for the like amount of sparrows that are like living up there in the in the like the top tippy ass top of the tower and i'm like well how do you I nobody's ever been up here before and well one i think they've been up there but they've been killed every time but yeah. also i'm pretty sure the domain of the sparrows is like straight up in the roof of the great hall like at one point when they're right about there matthias looks down and sees where methuselah would be but he can't see him because he's too far away now which he's just in the rafters yeah, yeah. Which, Which also yeah, means, I like, guess it's why a... when they were having that giant feast did the sparrows not come down and steal some food? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, is this, like, a giant hall? Because, like, I played some of the Dark Souls games, and, like, you'll occasionally get up onto the rafters of this, like, insanely huge, like, cavernous cathedral. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is that what I'm trying to look at? Or is this, like, maybe for some reason in the middle of uh, Redwall Abbey is, like, a 70-story, like, like, narrow tower that, like, lends it that ends in this, like, attic landing where an entire, like, little village of people are. Yeah. I, I brought yeah. up Dark Souls, and now I can, now I'm just picturing, like, Clooney the Scourge's next, like, next level being the second stage of that first boss fight in Dark Souls 3. Oh, God, where he, like, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Just, like, yeah, it's a, it's a fucking rat head coming out of this suit of armor and oh, it's fucking, made out of fucking Udix Gundir like, tar. Fucking, <laughs> yeah, this like giant deformed amalgamation of like squirming black tar rat head that like 
exudes out of the split armor of Yorick's Gundir. Jesus Christ. Um, when are they gonna fight the testicle tree? They gotta they gotta cut the balls off the tree at some point. In yeah. uh, okay, maybe that's where the owl lives. <laughs> so you know what? Uh, Martin had set up a pretty fun, pretty cool riddle that also kind of like it. Nobody had noticed it before, mm -hmm. but now that they've noticed it, they're just like, oh, I think this refers to like your later reincarnation form of Martin with his, which is Matthias. So like, good, you're here. We're doing the prophecy at the right time. And we're going to solve this riddle and they find uh and they solve the riddle and find the tomb of martin and they're like oh this is where his last treasures and what you need to fulfill your like spiritual role as the reincarnation should be no he put the he put his magic sword on the fucking weather vane yeah. to point where the wind is yeah so we got to get some lady to climb up there and go get it it's not there someone took it yeah he put it on the weather vane for, for no nobody... other purpose than just to have an extra step in there because while yeah. someone might stumble on this thing that you know maybe if one of the uh one of the moles talked then someone could find his place but they still won't be able to get his sword they'll only get the shield and the sword belt but the sword is something like that is available to any flying creature mm -hmm. yeah and also has been subjected to the elements for however many years it's been since Martin put it up there. Because yeah. we also we have no idea of how, like, scales. Oh, could it possibly... They, they sort of planted the idea of, like, the sword cannot rust. And so we're just like, oh, okay, if that's magic or whatever. And us reading it are just like, ah, is it really that magic of a sword? And now he's just, like, literally put it out on the roof. The roof is the place that will annihilate any object mm -hmm. yeah. from, like, the weather and exposure. Yeah. Honestly, oh, but a, dude. I I would love to see Matthias just be like, all right, well, if I can't get the sword because the sword is rusted to hell and is destroyed, I'm just gonna take a piece of the weather vane because that's clearly strong metal, and I'm gonna use that as a sword. <laughs> Maybe that could be actually the lesson that he was trying to teach. He like leads you, Martin leads you around about like, oh, you will find my magic sword, the sword you need to save the people of Redwall. Here's the weather vane. And it's just a shitty normal weather vane, and it's like, guess what? Take a piece of the weather vane, use that to fight, because it's not the sword that matters, it's your heart, and how you wield it, or some shit like that. Dan, you sent us <laughs> a quote from Redwall, and I'm pretty sure that's almost word for word what that quote was. Like, it's not the sword, it's the heart behind the warrior that wields it, or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly yeah. that. Mm -hmm. It's not the size of the sword that matters. It's <laughs> the sword in your heart. <laughs> Oh my god, but I but yeah, so... I'm fully expecting this sword to I'm expecting this sword to be retrieved and then broken like I expect it to break in battle or something uh, Oh, what's this down here? Dan, I have... saw that look it's... I saw that look off camera <laughs> it's... Well, we're never gonna read Moss Flower, are we? Probably we might Okay, then know. Okay, that's just something from a prequel book that made me think. But yeah, <laughs> you interrupt. You interrupted my bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna be like, oh, what's this down here? A child that we've captured <laughs> in, the, in the sparrow attack against a uh, hot mommy milker's uh, otter, uh, squirrel woman. They are just like, 
the the sparrows attack them and they're like but we shot one of them with an arrow and he fell yep. and now we have him uh trapped under a basket it's a child <laughs> yeah warbeak warbeak she keeps screaming, Killy, 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 Killy. All right, you know how everyone speaks now because you listened to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> King Bolt Spatter, Killy, you are... Killy, Flightless Worm. You're a weak, pitiful mouse worm. Kill you. Feed you to King Bolt Spatter. Baby mouse worm. <laughs> and he's King Bolt Spatter. Is he Scottish? He is a bit, yeah. Killy, Killy, Killy. He does have actual Scottish character, like, he transcribed Scottish accents later for creatures from the far north. It's great. Mm. It's how I can read Scottish Twitter now. <laughs> Literally, the only reason is like, oh right, they write how Redwall animals speak. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I do not know, like, in the fucking ethnographic uh, linguistics of this, like, what the sparrows are supposed to be. Sparrows. I think this is a little bit of Scottish ish. Yeah. I think he was also just trying to transliterate how. You, you ever sat and listened to sparrows argue with each other? It's just a constant cacophony of cheeps. I guess he tried to turn that into speech. But yeah, a little bit. Eventually, everyone gets their own ethnographic. Like, you know, the, the hares are English gentlemen, and the, you know, hedgehogs yeah, speak yeah. more like in a Cockney accent. And yeah. They eventually settle into their own little dialects, but not here. Not in book one. Ooh, I've got some things to say about Basil Stag hair in a bit. Um, oh, good. But, um, yeah, so they capture this child, and Matthias is like, okay, well, I'll take her back up to the sparrows, and I'll use her to ransom for the sword. Okay. All right, we just we're. I will, I will trade you this child for a magic sword. <laughs> we went into your territory and you react and you defended your territory when we intruded on it, and we kidnapped a child. And now you can have this child back if you give us something of of ours that you've had since however long that we didn't know you had but now we know you have it and we want it back mm -hmm. but they do this very nice thing where matthias is like should the mice very... of redwall abbey have american like... accents <laughs> no they're like londoners um so matthias like takes on a leash this fucking child sparrow mm -hmm. with like a wounded leg mm -hmm. oh no he tied a brick to him also oh, so yeah. he couldn't mm -hmm. fly yeah, he tied um, a brick to, oh, to, to, yeah. to her, to Warby. And they have you this nice what? little adventure as, like, uh, Matthias laboriously climbs up 70 stories of this, like, dark, like, neglected tower into the rafters and into higher levels of the roofs of this abbey that apparently nobody has ever seen. Um, and they, and the Warbeak is always like, I kill you, I take your balls off and I feed them to your mother. Um, about... Jokes on you, but then they like become. I don't know who my mother was. I turned up at this abbey as an orphan in a basket. As an orphan in a basket. That and is also Matthias's like, voice in the getting, They learn to start. They learn to start getting along because even as a prisoner, like the Redwall mice are like nice to Warbeak and like feeding him and stuff and like tending to wounds and be like, okay, we're gonna send you home now. And he's like, I fucking suck. <laughs> I'll suck the blood out of your mom's ass. <laughs> and. Oh. Yeah, they're just like okay. Well, it's the, I think I trust you now enough to 
you know, take the leash off of you, and he's like, oh, okay, we're friends now. It was a really quick... She. She's a... Uh, oh, I know we're saying, like, she's a child. I think she's implied, and later in other, another book, she, she's roughly the same age as Matthias. She's like, So, like, they should be peers, but he's got her on a leash. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. She does try to... Yeah. I mean, Matthias is also supposed to be pretty young. He is. Yeah, fair point. He's like, yeah. what, 14? Yeah. Well, the equivalent of... Yeah. But yeah, they become friends real quickly on that climb. All it takes is a Yeah, she tries to kill him, and then, like, she falls off, and he pulls her back on, because if he didn't, she would pull him off of the thing, because she has a brick tied to her by him, and he's tied to her. Mm -hmm. But, so, for saving her life, and also his, but... Then she owes him a life debt. And... Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, fucking let a child fall to their death from the tower? It's not the Red Wall way. Although these Red Wall creatures are kind of brutal when it comes down to it. Yeah, also, most of the people who have... Most of the named characters that have died so far have died from falling off of the tower at Red Wall. <laughs> You're right. They fell from a high place. But yeah. Yeah. But it's all the um... same high place. <laughs> so... So when he finally finishes, like, ascending this tower, he just, like, the, the, the two of them, like, get to this big door that he cracks open and just gets, like, immediately snatched and, like, starts getting his ass kicked. They're, like, absolutely stomping on him. Yeah. And yeah. and Warbeak is just like, no, wait, hold on, he's my friend, he's my friend. He, he saved my life, I promised you wouldn't kill him. Like, fine, we won't kill him, we'll just make him a slave. Like, ah, okay. Alright. We have time for this. <laughs> we have time for him to spend seemingly many days up with the sparrows just pretending to be a silly capering slave. Yeah. It's Because he'll odd. he'll dance and sing anytime a sparrow comes by so that he can just seem like an idiot. And it was a smart move. He's like, I'm gonna really do some I'm gonna pull out this minstrel show bullshit. So that they don't just slice me up. Yeah. Fucking Matthias. The Sparrow's version of Berries and Cream Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I'm gonna have to fucking put the audio clip in now. <laughs> berries and cream, berries and cream, oh little ladder loves berries and cream. But so Matthias goes to meet with King Bull Sparrow and sees the scabbard on his wall. And keeps hearing about how King Bullsparra has this really awesome sword. It's a beautiful, gleaming sword that, you know, has been handed down by kings in the Sparrow lineage for generations. Like, okay, mm hmm, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, all right, cool. Meanwhile, yeah, Matthias totally is like cool, getting and in I good. I have sex with the sword every night. Yeah, it, he's he's been getting in good with Warbeak's mom, who is Bullsparra's sister. Um, and Bullsparra basically killed. Warbeak's dad. Like, he didn't murder him, but he did send him to his death. Yeah. Yeah, went out, got his ass killed. Because... With what? Because as it turns this, out, Bullsparrow doesn't have the sword. No. He lost it. And Asmodeus has it, because of course Asmodeus has it. <laughs> Is that how you're pronouncing it? I was thinking Asmodeus. Asmodeus. No, it's, a, it's Asmodeus. Apparently. Mm. Yeah. That's how I read it when I was a kid, though, because I never heard it spoken. 
Yeah. I mean, Asmodeus, the name itself comes from, what, Arabic? I think, you know, I'm going to look it up. But yeah, it is. Could be wrong. Asmodeus. But I know, yeah, I know oh, it's from, from uh, Hebrew. Oh, okay. Yeah, from, oh wait, but also from, is no Islam to, or in Arabic too? Because it comes from Ashmadai, Ash, Ashemadeva. I mean, so yeah, there's various different, um, dang. Yeah, so if it was Asmodeus, it would be probably anglicized to I-U-S. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Asmodeus has the snake. What does a snake want with a sword? Not sure. Asmodeus. <laughs> he ha a snake has to have a name that he can hiss. Yeah. What did you just learn recently? Uh, I just learned recently that, like, the fucking, the guy behind Webster's Dictionary, like, the titular Webster, uh, is the reason that, like, we have a lot of like Americanized words like flavor and color and yeah. honor don't have like the U in them from old England mm -hmm. because he like made all of these like little he he wrote the fucking dictionary yeah. but he made all these little changes so that we could have like an American English yeah and he was also like a total weirdo and a creep like look into it he was all fucked up but like this dude literally just engineered language and printed dictionaries I mean language is just engineered and abstract it, it's just yep. symbols it's or sounds that we decide sort of... mean something when combined a certain way yeah but you sort of hope in that framework that it's like somewhat democratized at least mm -hmm. culturally yeah i mean but like this dude was like uh it was the same sort of realization of like when you find out fucking kellogg invented breakfast cereal to keep people from masturbating <laughs> it was like that same vibe for me where i was just like they just let people just pull the strings of culture like back then like in a big way yeah i mean they do now too probably but like it's weird that they did it then and everyone just thought this is normal this is like what we've all this is totally normal now we always have uh eat breakfast cereal it's part of a balanced breakfast and they're like you made that up in 1942. well to be fair that wasn't the first breakfast cereal yeah but yeah daniel webster and uh i think it was john Kellogg was the uh, was the fucking sanitarium owner. He hated cornflakes. Because Samuel Kellogg, his brother, I don't remember if it was Samuel Kellogg, but his brother put sugar on it and was like, no, I hate sugar. That's bad. It'll tempt people into wickedness, sugar, Will. you It, it inflames the emotions, which go directly to the penis and clitoris. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, like he knew what a clitoris was. Like, yeah, he couldn't. <laughs> fucking, uh... We're in the court of Bull Sparrow now. Yeah, yeah we are. We're in the uh, like uh, who's just like a bipolar despot. Yeah, um, he he's... but like he'll kill anybody for no reason. So they're like, we're kind of just like we're kind of just waiting for this king to die. Uh, they so really that we can are. Then like go back to normal. Yeah. Which, yeah, uh, that uh, never experienced that before. Just waiting for a leader to die, so that hopefully the next just one will be better. <laughs> no, never. That's not even Being currently happening some... right now. <laughs> no. Be being trapped in some sort of uh, hierarchy where the ruling power will kill you if you even like approach it, trying to take power away from it. So you're just sort of like desperately hoping that it gets itself killed somehow, so you can fill the vacuum <laughs> with you know something better for you and all of the people around you. Yeah. Mm. Meanwhile wasting lives on uh on pointless vanity projects oh boy all right well 
Okay. We're feeling spicy um, tonight. Um, yes. We've got that vibe. Yeah. Um, yes, but we... so Matthias leaks to King Bullsparrow. Oh, you know, I heard that a snake was spotted in such and such a place because Matthias knows that that the snake has the sword, and he's using that to lure King Bullsparrow out of his house so that he can steal the scabbard. Which obviously, I mean, of course he'd want to steal the scabbard and escape. I mean, what, what, what would he even possibly hold the sword with if he didn't have the scabbard, except maybe the sword belt he still has? No, I didn't think of it like that. I mean, the you gotta have the scabbard for the sword, or it's gonna hit you in the legs and you know give give a little cut in your pants. But like, does he wear yeah, pants? Yeah, it's just like this this insane four piece set where like he needs. He needs the shield and the belt and the scabbard and the sword. And now it's just like, okay, the snake has a sword. Guess what fucking confrontation we have next? Yeah. Yeah, get the yeah. sword from the snake somehow. Like the most like looming, threatening big bad that there is. Honestly, Except yeah, the no snake one knows where the snake is. Yeah. Um, but when uh, Matthias is trying to escape the Sparrow Court, King Bullsparrow comes back because he's like, wait, hold on. I just remembered, your sword belt is made of the same stuff as this scabbard. Oh, fuck. And he comes back, and he tackles Matthias off of the rafters, and they both plummet to the ground. Because Matthias is hitting him in the face with the scabbard. So they they plummet to the ground. Oh, fucking, this was, this was all also after, like, a convoluted sequence where Warbeak's mom, who's, like, nice, was just like, we're gonna go, we're gonna trick him. To leave and then we can go in and steal it and we're going to arrange for like warbeak to tell uh thick mommy squirrel to I'm, I'm pushing that i'm just the only one pushing this now that um that you got to come up here like at noon and like get you off of the uh roof and we've got ropes and like we'll learn here i'll teach you how to rappel down on the rope oh shit oh shit and then they start like falling off the roof and like get it hooked into a some sort of weird chip in the gutters and there's this whole hullabaloo about like let's not fall off the roof before our rescue thing even happens okay it's good we're safe we're back on the roof and king bull spare is here being like you're taking a shit you take out of my good fancy shit i kill you and uh so yeah as miles said uh matthias bludgeons him in the head with a scabbard until he passes out and falls uh to his death mm -hmm. dragging matthias with him mm -hmm. yep and this would, as Next you said time before, this would have been a great Red Wall. Yeah, this would have been a very good place to pause. Or even the next little bit when we pick up with Matthias afterwards would have been a good place to pause because uh, I haven't been calling her fucking Thick Mommy Squirrel because my picture of her is that if she's a very, very good climber, she's probably fucking like wide as hell with powerful ass shoulders and like <laughs> what are these trapeziuses are those the like shoulder to neck muscle yeah because climbers have those out the fucking wazoo i'm just trying to she's fucking jack sex squirrel appeal into this fucking book yeah she's got those muscular arms she does uh but jack squirrel mom and basil stag hair like we're gonna go on a secret mission because you're a really good climber and you're really fast and I'm a really good hider and I'm really fast and we're going to go off on a secret mission together uh, and we're going to steal back the portrait of uh, Martin. And it goes pretty well for a good long while. They get the thing and then fucking Clooney is like, hey, you, you up there, 
uh, Squirrel, I see you have this thing. I need it back. If you give it back to me, when I win, I won't murder your child. I won't murder oh, your child. You, you can trust child. me. Oh, thank you, sir. So merciful. I, I'll, I'll take you up on that offer. I'll give it to you, if you as long as you don't murder my child. Yeah, and she just throws Hugo's old cum rag at him. It's a fake. <laughs> yeah, Hugo's been busting in this for 35 years. It's fucking rock solid. Uh, meanwhile, Basil flees, but he gets stopped because he, he got like... He got his foot stuck in a hole, and he twists yeah. his ankle real bad, and then he gets into, like, it seemed like oh, he was about to get into a one-on-one -on -one fight with Clooney. Yeah. And then he just kind of, like, gets away because the, because Squirrel Mommy lured him away. It's like, this is the moment where Basil Staghair should have died. Like, mm -hmm. he should have died here. 100%. That character was supposed to die in that moment. Yep. But no. Which excites him too much. Yeah. Um, but so Matthias falls and he gets taken to the infirmary where he recovers right next to Basil Staghair, who is being a huge fucking douchebag. I liked Basil in the first part of this book. I thought he was a fun character. His interactions, while in recovery both his interactions with matthias and his interactions with uh cornflower made me fucking hate him i do not like this man uh there's this like joking <laughs> demanding chauvinism where he's like hey you go hey darling why don't you shut your yap and go get me a bunch of uh, like a ludicrous order of food that i've just thrown at you and she's like sarcastically like uh -huh, ran away sir and it ages like bullshit it is awful yeah it the first time he did it when he came to the thing after rescuing the voles and just did it at large it was a little bit like oh i get it all right he's just like fucking pompous and silly and it has just become like he's the worst kind of he's the worst kind of guest he is the yeah, worst kind he's of guest it was it was like weird and charming and he's like still doing it and you're like all right all right knock it off yeah the the bit the bit wore itself out and then fucking matthias finds out that chicken hound had been there he had been recovering and then he decided to start to steal shit and got caught by methuselah so he ran off and hit methuselah with a sack full of metal killing him instantly mm-hmm um so Methuselah is our first named character death. Well, outside of Clooney's our final army. big like our, our our first big like tragic payoff because we've been myself especially like expecting it in so many places. Yeah. All the way through this and it's finally like a notable like you know fatherly mentor figure and like participant in Matthias's you know, search for the secret lost treasures of Martin is just like, oh, here I am just stitching Martin back onto the wall. What's that? You rapscallion, stop there with your large bludgeoning basket and just gets clocked. Yeah. Yep. But so Matthias finds out, also, fucking chicken hound runs away to a tree and then gets killed by Asmodeus. Mm-hmm. Um, because really karma acts swiftly through Asmodeus in this book. Yes. Asmodeus is just the dumpster for, like, narratively inconvenient villains <laughs> right now. Yeah. You know, side note, I just 
I forgot how, like, almost reverently Asmodeus is spoken of, like, in all of his narration. Like, he's less of a, like, he's kind of like a force of nature, a really dark force, like, you know, all this talk of he, him, of eternity, and he's like, he's like a death god. Mm-hmm. But he's, yeah. Yeah, his name is not a coincidence. <laughs> it certainly isn't. Um, but yeah, Methuselah but, is dead. Yeah, Methuselah is dead, and Matthias finds out about it, and is heartbroken, and Basil, true bastard, just like, well, you should get over it, I've seen so many people die, just move on. Like, hey, hey buddy. Where's my kin's pie? I ordered 25. Like, kin's pies. Yeah, like, okay, you've seen tons of people die. I'm going to choose to believe that for a moment because Basil Staghair, the more he talks, the more he sounds like he is just the epitome of stolen valor. Um, but, okay, say you've seen enough people die that you are just completely callous to it, which is an awful place to get to. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure you weren't like that the first time someone close to you died, buddy boy. Take a moment yeah, and to be just, a like, person. Lost all of the capacity for en- uh, empathy to just even th- this like child who you've been like nice to, and you're just like, who cares? Get used to it, kid. He wouldn't yeah, want you to be sad. You know, Being sad doesn't help him, so stop it. Yeah. No. Nah. But you know what? Actually, he British aristocracy. <laughs> yeah. Typical. That is what yeah. the hairs are sort of supposed to be. <laughs> Late, it's odd because okay, I know he wasn't you know intending this to be a whole thing yet, but eventually you get an order of hares who are these brave warriors who serve the badger lords on the coast, and like you almost never see hares outside of that. So like at least in my head, I'm like, there's a reason Basil's not with them right now. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's did. a fucking deserter. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> Or an exile. Yeah, or that, yeah, they just kicked him out. Like, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly a reason why he's still a bachelor, and it's not that he's a confirmed bachelor. <laughs> it's that he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> an unconfirmed bachelor. <laughs> just, just that he just is. He's nobody fucking likes him. Yeah. Um, I totally. I don't even remember where the book goes from here so So this is where i think the book should have ended and like picked back up in the third part but yeah matthias slips out because fucking basil tells him where to find the deadliest creature well he doesn't tell him he knows where asmodeus is he's like hey there's an owl i served under and uh well he'll remember me bring this medal to him and tell him that you know me because he might not recognize the metal right away. But tell him that you know me and it'll be fine. And he'll tell you where to find uh, Asmodeus. Like, okay, so you're sending him to a bird who may not recognize him to tell him where to find the deadliest creature in the forest. No, it's fine. I gave him a medal that I took <laughs> off of a corpse 20 years ago. I mean, honestly. That'll teach you. That'll teach him that uh, he'll... he'll... He'll know that you're... Fuck! Yeah. Oh. Make sure to bring the metal back. It's that same cramp again. God. What? Wait. No, it's not the same one. It's in my other leg. What happened to my thighs? I gotta I gotta go for a walk. Okay. How many quince pies do we need to bring you, Jamie? Fuck. 
for that honorable war wound. <laughs> but he's like, oh, bring my, bring bring this medal back. Make sure you bring it back to me because if you don't, it'll ruin the look of my formal uniform. Like, uh huh, yeah, uh huh. That uniform you definitely didn't pick up at the Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, we never get much of a backstory on Basil, but that's okay. We can make it. <laughs> yeah. I. But... Yeah, he's sent off to see. Cap it's Captain Snow. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Who's. I, you know what? I'm going to bet Captain Snow. Barn Owl. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's a mystery. We, yeah. We can only know. guess. Well, yes. I mean, he's in a barn, so obviously he should be obviously. a barn owl. Yeah. Oh, and that. Yeah. Matthias going to the barn will get me into another question of scale, but we'll we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to wait for Jamie to come back for that one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I remembered liking Basil Staghair a lot more than I did going through this and being like, wow, he's a kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. But fucking Matthias runs off, mm -hmm. and and everyone's like. Oh, okay. Well, have has anyone checked in on Matthias and uh, and Basil lately? Like, oh yeah, I I saw them like ten minutes ago, and they were both definitely asleep. Like, okay, guess we don't need to check on them for another couple hours. Like, uh, Matthias almost died, and also Matthias has already snuck out once. You don't think maybe posting someone in there would be a good idea? Yeah, he he does go missing. I'm sure Cornflower would take the would take that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Also, but... Basil talks a lot about how pretty Cornflower is, and it's weird, because I'm picturing it as essentially the oh, yeah, equivalent the of, like, thing. a 50-year-old talking about how pretty a, like, 14, 15-year-old girl is. Yeah, it's Which it's would weird. be creepy for just about anyone who's an yeah. adult to do that. But also, like, ew. Just ew. Yeah. It's just sitting there embarrassing yeah just being really awkward and creepy and yeah it's not cool it was also like a little bit weirdly creepy to mrs squirrel too yeah at least i remember that happening i don't know that could just be the way the actors voiced one or two lines in the audiobook i i don't know but fuck. but yeah so matthias heads off and he meets some shrews yes our first Interaction with trees. The Guerrilla Union of Shrews and Moss. Army, but, yes. Right? They're an autonomous collective of shrews. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I appreciate it. We're an anarcho <laughs> we're an anarcho syndicalist <laughs> commune. Yes. They are though. Like they they do everything by voting. Mm. Yep. And the person who has command for that week is the tiebreaker vote. Yeah. They have two votes. No one else is voting in this place. <laughs> and... Actually, maybe the shrews. Maybe the shrews should have. Well, it's no, not it for Matthias because he Cause makes it to the barn where to... Captain Snow is, mm -hmm. and then he um... gets swallowed by a cat. Yep, and Which... that's it for Matthias in this book. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Goodbye, Matthias. Yep. Yeah, that's again a question where I'm like, what is the scale? Because. Here he is interacting with badgers on, like, a friendly face-to-face -face basis, as if they occupy the same general space, just a little bit bigger. And then a whole-ass cat swallows him. He also, doesn't... like, even in real life, 
a cat will not be able to swallow a mouse whole. No. Well, he just lands in the mouth. He's not yet gulped. Oh, I thought I thought the jaws closed. Oh, maybe they did. When I don't he know. landed in the mouth. I mean, yeah. I could be wrong. It's been a week. <laughs> I guess it opens its mouth really wide. Yeah, I don't know. Even then, its its throat is not big enough. I mean, if a dog can choke on a grape, then a cat could yeah. choke on a mouse. This is true. Yeah. I mean, of course he's gonna throw up the. Uh, Matthias is gonna get thrown up immediately, but still. Says he landed clean in the gaping mouth of a huge marmalade cat. Do they have like pumas in England? No. No, I guess not. They don't have any large. They they have wild cats and house cats, and that's about it. Not even like a lynx or anything. I don't think so. If they no, did, it was probably killed like wolves. A lot of yeah. a lot of those species of larger cats actually are in America. Yeah. We get a good amount. Mm-hmm. Lynx, bobcats, pumas. Yeah. Heck, we had uh, we had pumas in, in Pennsylvania for a little while there. In fact, for for quite a long while. So long that the university two of us went to is... Mascot is that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Haven't been seen there in 200 years. But yeah. I, mm, I know some lore about this cat, Speaking but I'll cats. save it for next time. Mochi. I know the cats. deep lore. Speaking of cats. Cat has run in here. Hi, Mochi. Cat. Mochi would never eat Matthias. Oh, she would. <laughs> yeah, she definitely would. <laughs> I mean, she has. She has. She is our. I'd say she's our primary hunter, but Indira was a stray for like a year. So I'd wager she's done significantly more hunting. <laughs> Yeah, so Matthias is in inside a cat's mouth, and Clooney's horde is uh, commencing their yeah. plan to dig. Yeah, Clooney's horde is commencing their plan to dig. They're using a battering ram on the doors, which I guess are like wedged shut by a huge mound of dirt that the uh, moles dug up and put there, mm -hmm. was what I understood. Yeah. Instead of like a big door jam and other stuff, yeah. They use a yeah. lot of mounds of dirt and rubble, I've noticed. Like, that comes up a lot. Yeah. But I guess when you're a bunch of burrowing animals, it makes sense. Yeah, but Clooney's, Clooney's horde is starting to tunnel. And maybe that's where we'll see the They're food back. storage area come in, because <laughs> it has to at some point at this... It's gotta, it's gotta come in at some point. It can't just be that... It, it can't just be referenced in that fucking the hedgehog wants all of the ale that's in it because he's an alcoholic and basil stag hair is eating half of it <laughs> oh you know what it comes up later that if despite ambrose spike not being allowed anywhere near it later the position of cellar hog becomes a thing where the keeper of the cellars in later books is always some hedgehog i think for a while it is the line of spikes yeah <laughs> in Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I guess that means Hugo's dying. <laughs> well, eventually. But it's everything. completely unrelated. He trips and falls down the stairs of Redwall Abbey from up on the walls. There'll be yet another character dying from falling off of Redwall's uh, upper area. <laughs> yes. Oh, we did also see that King Bullsparrow is actually dead, and that mm -hmm. Warbeak 
is essentially essentially next in line. Yeah. So, so I guess Queen Warbeak will be a thing at some point, possibly in this book, possibly in the next one. But like, saw that fucking Wolf Dan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did we skip over about how they were like everyone was like, oh my god, first Methuselah and now Matthias is dead too. He fell off of the roof. Wait, did anyone check the lake? Oh, here he is. It's a good thing he fell oh in the God, soft that's... grass on the lake. Yeah, that's right. He fell in the soft... He fell, like, on something. And his face was just barely out of the water. Fucking... That guy fell hundreds of feet. And mm -hmm. then also got blown all the way to the pond. Yeah. And then just laid there for hours... I don't... He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, when you drop something small enough, it reaches its velocity, and then it's like, fine. Like, when you drop a bug from really high up, and it's totally fine. Yeah, what's the terminal, yeah. what's the terminal velocity of a mouse? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Like, humans can't generally survive, like, a fall from, like, four times their height. But, like, an ant, so you drop an ant off the Empire State Building, and he just goes, Dink! Oh, yep. now I'm down here. I mean, generally, they'd only fall, like, a floor or two, because Empire State Building's so high, it generates its own weird air currents. Of course it does. Hmm. But I still remember from that Mythbusters episode that the terminal velocity of a uh, penny is, like, right around 60 miles an hour. So what must it be for a fucking mouse? <laughs> Not enough to kill him, apparently, because here's Matthias. That would have been a really yeah, sad Matthias. end to the prophecy. Like, the, the foretold reincarnation of Martin just splattered on the lawn. All because Martin was an idiot and decided <laughs> to separate his things into as many steps as possible. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense if he was afraid that, like, some villain would get a hold of them, or someone who wasn't worthy. But he didn't tell anyone any of this. Yeah. So. He told no one. And Which, just hoped that Matthias would find it. You know, having read Martin the Warrior's book, that's, that kind of tracks. He, he fucking would. Actually, come to think of it, he tried to call Matthias for help when his portrait was being cut off. Which is the mm -hmm. whole reason why that inscription was found, was because the portrait was cut off. Shouldn't he have not alerted Matthias so that... Matthias could find that inscription. If Matthias had been successful, he never would have found the sword. The warrior works in mysterious ways. The warrior is a fucking idiot. <laughs> if Martin had like the prophecy in his head and stuff, and saw like, oh, I'm gonna put my sword up here on the roof, and it's gonna get taken. Matthias is gonna have to go through like three stages of almost dying to like complete this quest, and he's like, well. That's pretty complicated, but if that's what my vision is of the future, I guess I'm going to do this <laughs> prophecy. I mean, who, am I, who am I to say that these my uh, my astral projection into the mind of uh, my reincarnateur will, you know, he's got to do the adventures because he learns something along the way, you know? I mean, Matthias has to go through that because that's, that's the only way that there can be peace between the mice and the sparrows. There's nothing M Martin could have ever done to create peace between the sparrows and the mice. He couldn't have done anything about it. Nope. nope. Nor could he have left instructions not... for it after he died. They're just so uncivilized. <laughs> I'm waiting to say that. But yeah, they're just... Yeah. 
Yeah, it's weird. It is, and no one's ever but, curious. I mean, what, uh, what, like, when was this written? Like, what, the uh, late 80s? Yes. 89, I think, was 80, when it was first published? Yeah. Okay. 86, I think, I just, hang on. I didn't realize that when I got this book, we were, we were already... 14 books into the series was when I bought when was when I got this for Christmas. Wow. Oh, <laughs> we were already 14. Oh, there are 22 to 24 of these. Depend. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, in I mean, there's my there's my sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade uh, name right in there. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe fourth. I don't even know. But uh, yeah, 1986 was when this was first published. So. Okay, just squirrel. And Brian okay. Jakes, for context, was born in like 1939, I think it was. So. Oh my god. Yeah, so I can't, you know, you can't so much expect that he would reflect a lot on like constructing an ethnography of woodland creatures. Mm -hmm. He didn't really have like the perspective to even think about that. Oh my, I I just looked up pictures of Jess Squirrel because I was like, what what oh. does Jess Squirrel look like? And yeah. the first image result is uh, her holding a rune-engraved sword from the Redwall TV fucking, series. Yeah, fucking rad, dude. Yeah. Gonna summon the ancient magics to <laughs> fucking cleave your torso in half. The, the second one has me concerned. But yeah. The second one, I mean, the second one is pretty standard affair. It's not porn. No. Why? Why are there multiple? Okay, never mind. I don't want to know. Okay. Okay. So, is there anything else in this section? This like, it's sort of leaving us off and, like, uh. I guess Jess Squirrel finds Martin's sword at some point, or uses <laughs> Martin's sword at some point. <laughs> Oops. I don't remember this, but okay. Oh, this isn't in the book, but apparently in the show they made the sword say I am that is. That's so dumb. It is. Especially because Wait, this sword appears in the runes or I can't see it. Yeah, that's what the the runes are just English letters that say I am that is. Yeah. Lame. It... Whack. Okay. Yeah. That's silly and I don't like it. It's the wrong kind of silly. Yes. Like, it might be written somewhere. No, it, it is. I don't know. Hang on. Yeah. That's, it's silly. They had to make sure you could see it in the cartoon. That's why it's in big block letters. Yes. So you knew. Hey, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That must have been, that must have been frustrating for the animators. <laughs> yes, it must have been. All right. I think All right. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Then. It's been a, been a journey. This, this bit was it's not cool. my favorite bit of the book, but I'm excited for where it goes next, because oh, where yes. it goes next is presumably Matthias finding the sword and killing Clooney. And I guess Jess has the sword at some point. <laughs> See, I can't help and, you there. I don't remember. And thanks to this picture, we know the sword isn't broken, at least when they find it. <laughs> Maybe it just is magic, and they had it, like, coated in, like, a zinc, so it won't corrode. And then we'll get... So, yeah, this we'll has been the Honor Book... Oh, no. uh, well, this has been the Honor Book Fair podcast with Jay, Miles, and Dave. Um, Dan. Dan, fuck. 
Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. How long has it been? <laughs> my my, co my yeah. coworker that I talk to most of the day now is named Dave. I have a job now, actually. So you also um, hosted a podcast for a while with someone named Dave. Oh, okay. you're right. Okay, that's that fair. gives me that gives me a good out. Okay. Uh, Speaking of out, if you want to send us a message, you can send it to onairbookfair at gmail.com, or you can send messages, even voice message, to anchor.fm slash onairbookfair. And next week, we are going to read uh, the rest of... We're going to finish the first book of Redwall. Yeah. And then we'll move on to something. Yes. We're going to see a rat get decapitated. We sure are. There's going to be a... Martin's going to... Matthias is going to have him executed... There's going to be a sword be a clash between the bladed tip of Clooney's tail and Matthias's sword. And, oh, you know it. And Constance Badger is going to get hit with a poison tip and then she's going to die. This is going to be an adventure. I realized there's, we were went through the biggest chunk of the book. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the biggest chunk of the book has very little happening in it for a, for a good portion. There's a lot of sitting around and talking and puzzling out things. Just like reading Clash of Kings. Yes. Except way fewer people die. <laughs> One of my coworkers is reading those books now, and she's in Clash of Kings. I mean, good luck. It took me forever to get through that. <laughs> but there are worse books wait, in the series. Book? Isn't that like a mobile game? That's the uh, the second no, the second Song of Ice Song and Fire, Fire book. book. Game of Thrones. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay, there's literally also, like, I'm like, that sounds like a mobile game, and I looked it up, and it also is a mobile game. Don't worry about it. It's just as bullshit as every other, like, build a medieval army mobile game. Oh, of course. Yeah. Wow. Clan, wow. Of, clan of clashing among us. I'm very excited for the, uh, for the mobile game Feast for Crows, then. It'll be great. Half of that game will take place inside of another game. <laughs> Just from someone it's, else's it's like a, perspective. It's like, a, it's like a clicker game where you literally just like every click is just like feeding a little kernel of corn to crows, and it's like it's a feast for crows. Just keep clicking, <laughs> feeding corn. Literal just feast for crows. Oh, but yeah, stay tuned for the next Redwall book. It's gonna be fun, I guess. Well, the next part of Redwall. I am not, I'm not committing us to reading the next Redwall book right away. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.